0: everything that happens in the universe. It is easy to praise providence if one has within him two things, the faculty of taking a comprehensive view of things that happen to each person and a sense of gratitude. For otherwise, one will either fail to recognize the usefulness of what has come about or else fail to be truly grateful if one does, in fact, recognize it. Discourses 1.6. Psychological resilience is a byproduct of Stoic practice. It is part of the good flow or well being a Stoic practitioner experiences as a result of developing an excellent character, virtue. In his expression of the dichotomy of control found in Enchiridion I, Epictetus contrasts the psychologically resilient Stoic with those who have a troubled mind, those who will be hindered, lament, and blame gods and humans for their troubles. Simultaneously, Epictetus declares that no harm can affect the Stoic who has developed a resilient mind. Nevertheless, as he points out, the development of a resilient mind requires significant effort and ultimately changes our lives. People have troubled minds because of their thoughts, desires, and intentions. As I've written before, Stoicism is not a topically applied balm that we can use occasionally to make us feel better. Instead, it is internal medicine and it requires constant attention and practice. Stoicism works from the inside out, beginning with our thoughts, desires and diversions, and intentions to act. Progress depends on our willingness to turn over the soil of our psyche to disrupt the roots of our entangled thoughts, so that we can plant new seeds that can grow into new patterns of thinking. In the above passage from Discourses 1.6, we see two elements that are necessary to develop this psychological resilience. They are a comprehensive view of things and an attitude of gratitude. The first part of Epictetus' prescription for psychological resilience involves developing a cosmic viewpoint. The cosmic viewpoint allows us to escape our human-centered view of things and events and the judgments associated with that limited perspective. Life is not easy. Like Shakespeare's Hamlet, we all face the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. However, there is good news Stoic practice equips us to take arms against that sea of troubles that we call life. It prepares us to be, despite life's vicissitudes that may cause us to question whether it is better not to be. To begin, we must abandon our limited perspective and view events as if from above. That is the cosmic viewpoint. The view from above is more than a view from a distance that trivializes things and events on Earth. The cosmic viewpoint teaches us to accept the cosmos as a holistic organism, where events have a purpose that is larger than our human centered view of things typically allows. From this cosmic perspective, seemingly tragic events are neither good nor bad. Instead, these events are simply the way that our purposeful cosmos is bringing about what is best for the whole. As practicing Stoics, we can use the cosmic viewpoint to transcend the false expectations which cause a troubled mind. As I wrote in a previous post, once we understand the nature of the cosmos and our place in it, we begin to understand that external events are neither good nor bad, in a moral sense, because they are beyond our control. The only events that have moral implications for us are those that we can control, our judgments. External events cannot harm our inner self. Only our thoughts about those events can. Epictetus makes this point succinctly. It isn't the things themselves that disturb people, but the judgments that they form about them, in Chiridion 4. Pierre Hedot considers the cosmic viewpoint the beginning of Stoic practice. He writes Putting theory into practice begins with an exercise that consists in recognizing oneself as a part of the whole, elevating oneself to cosmic consciousness or immersing oneself within the totality of the cosmos. While meditating on Stoic physics, we are able to see all things within the perspective of universal reason. To achieve this, we must practice the imaginative exercise which consists of seeing all human things from above. Quote. When we are confronted with events that might appear unsettling, disturbing, or even tragic, we are wise to take a step back and try to envision those events from a cosmic viewpoint. From the perspective of the whole cosmos, those events can take on an entirely different meaning. No matter how tragic the events may appear initially, we will be wise to recall the famous aphorism, things turn out best for those who make the best of the way things turn out. If we make the best of the way things turn out, we may be able to see purpose in those events. From the cosmic viewpoint, we can relinquish our anthropocentric judgments of those events and learn to adopt an attitude of gratitude for everything that happens in our lives. For those who may be inclined to claim, well, that's just a placebo. Maybe. But what is the alternative? While others are stomping their feet, screaming, crying, and venting their anger at the universe and at humans in Chiridian 1, the stoic who adopts a cosmic viewpoint can assume that all events have some greater purpose and make the best of them. Will they not be better off for doing so? If this is nothing more than a placebo, it's a damn good one. To those who then claim, well, I can't make myself believe that the world is providentially ordered. Agreed. But you can allow yourself to live as if it is and see what happens. After all, you are probably quite familiar with what it feels like to believe that tragic events are random, meaningless accidents. It is unlikely that you have fully considered what you actually believe and the ramifications of those unexamined beliefs. Are you living as if the universe is a random accident? And how is that working out for you? And are you willing to consider an alternative approach? What if you could replace the anger and sadness that you still carry from those unsettling, disturbing, and apparently tragic events that occurred in your life? What if you could see those events from the perspective that allowed healing and provided a sense of meaning, because those events actually had a purpose? That is what the cosmic viewpoint can do for you, if you're willing to adopt it. Stoics do not simply attempt to put a positive spin on events. Instead, Stoics seek to understand the nature of reality, human nature, and humankind's place within nature. The cosmic perspective helps us deal with life's vicissitudes. How? by teaching us to limit our concerns to what is up to us, our judgments of events, and to love what we cannot control. We can learn to love rather than simply tolerate the events of nature by trusting that they do in fact have a purpose and thereby provide our human lives with some inherent meaning. From that perspective, we can transform our anger and resentment of past events into gratitude for all the events that occur in a rationally ordered divine cosmos. The second part of Epictetus's prescription for psychological resilience in Discourses 1.6 involves developing a sense of gratitude for everything that happens. An attitude of gratitude distinguishes a love of fate, or amor fati, from mere resignation and fatalism. How does a Stoic avoid resignation and learn to love fate? By choosing to see challenging events as opportunities for growth in virtue or excellence of character. Trials either make us bitter or they make us better, and the choice is ours. Consider this. What would Stoics do without the people on Facebook who annoy us? The inconsiderate drivers who cut us off in traffic? The thoughtless actions of our loved ones? The unreasonable demands of a boss or customer who does not appreciate us, the pains in our bodies or the occasional tragedies visited upon us. How would we grow in virtue without these dispreferred indifference to shape our character? How would we test or measure our growth without them? Finally, how much would we truly value virtue or well being if they came easy and without much effort? If we accept that unsettling, disturbing, and apparently tragic events beyond our control are going to happen, what would it look like to take our Stoic practice to the next level? What if we adopt an attitude of gratitude toward all those events that are not up to us? Imagine the psychological strength and equanimity that can spring from such an attitude. Marcus provides us with a wonderful example of that attitude. Quote, Everything suits me that suits your designs, O my universe. Nothing is too late for me that is in your own good time. All is fruit for me that your season brings, O nature. All proceeds from you. All subsists in you, and to you all things return. Meditation 4.23 Marcus had an attitude of gratitude because he trusted that nothing happens to anyone that he is not fitted by nature to bear. Meditations 5.18. Epictetus also highlights that same attitude of gratitude toward what happens when he instructs us, don't seek that all that comes about should come about as you wish, but wish that everything that comes about should come about just as it does, and then you'll have a calm and happy life in Chiridion 8. As Robert Emons, professor of psychology at UC Davis, wrote in his book on the practice of gratitude. Quote, In modern times, gratitude has become untethered from its moral moorings, and collectively we are worse off because of this. When the ancient Roman philosopher Cicero stated that gratitude was the queen of virtues, he most assuredly did not mean that gratitude was merely a stepping stone toward personal happiness. Gratitude is a morally complex disposition, and reducing this virtue to a technique or strategy to improve one's mood is to do it an injustice, end quote. He argues that gratitude is typically considered a, quote, feeling in modern times. He refers to this as gratitude light and argues that this conception of gratitude diminishes its ability to positively affect our lives. He writes, Accumulating evidence documents the wide array of psychological, physical, and relational benefits associated with gratitude Yet I have come to the realization that by taking a gratitude-light approach, we have cheapened gratitude. Gratitude Gratitude-light does not do justice to its complexities. Gratitude is important not only because it helps us feel good, but also because it inspires us to do good. Gratitude heals, energizes, and transforms lives in a myriad of ways consistent with the notion that virtue is its own reward and produces other rewards, end quote. Eamons relies on ancient as well as modern wisdom to support his assertion that gratitude allows us to step outside of our personal interests so that we can see our part in the larger whole. This is reminiscent of Stoic cosmopolitanism. Quote, Cicero, Seneca, Kant, and other philosophers knew long ago what modern social science is now demonstrating. Gratitude takes us outside our scope so we can see ourselves as part of a larger, intricate network of sustaining relationships, relationships that are mutually reciprocal. End quote. B.L. Hidgmans Jr., the Dutch author of a detailed work on the topic of ascesis in Epictetus's educational system, highlights the connection between gratitude and the stoic practice of following the will of the divine nature. He wrote, if one attaches oneself to God, he will be a faithful fellow traveler. This attachment should show itself in applause and gratitude. This culminates in an attitude of complete surrender. Gratitude, however, is Epictetus' strongest feeling toward God, and he often urges his pupils to it. Quote. We see in this passage that gratitude is more than a feeling for Epictetus. It is a byproduct of a life lived in agreement with the divine nature. As Higmans points out, while Epictetus notes that it is easy to praise providence if one adopts a cosmic viewpoint and develops an attitude of gratitude, conversely, not to honor God's workmanship is one of the most disgraceful things Epictetus can conceive of, end quote. Secularized versions of Stoicism that ignore or redact the providential nature of the cosmos will have an extremely difficult time making sense of this attitude of gratitude toward all the events of nature. If the universe is truly the result of accidental collisions and pairings of mere matter, then all events that occur in our lives are truly the result of a long chain of accidental events. The universe is purposeless, and our lives are absent of any inherent meaning. In such a universe, When tragedy strikes, it is truly an accident. Under the influence of this worldview, whether it is assented to, consciously or unconsciously, it is extremely difficult not to be upset and angry at the death of a loved one, a diagnosis of a terminal illness, a car accident that leaves one in a wheelchair, etc. The best we can hope for with this worldview is the strength to bear and forbear the unstoppable chain of causes that led to that tragedy. However, anyone who reads the Stoic text quickly realizes that is not where the Stoics stopped. As I argued in a previous episode, bear and forbear only gets us halfway there. Grin and bear at Stoicism is not the Stoicism Epictetus offers us in this prescription for psychological resilience. He claims that we can praise providence for everything that happens if we follow his prescription. Let's take a look at how that is possible. The Stoics loved and embraced fate and the seemingly tragic events that it brought about in their lives. How? By trusting that the order that we see so clearly in nature and within the cosmos entails some form of intelligence or universal reason that orders it. If that is the case, then the cosmos has inherent purpose that is determined by that universal reason. Therefore, it is reasonable for rational-minded humans to attempt to understand and live in agreement with the purpose of the cosmos. To accomplish that requires us to assume that events, even those that appear tragic, have a larger purpose. If that is the case, we are wise to embrace, love, and follow all events because they provide opportunities for character development and they are good for the whole even though they may be dispreferred indifference for us. That describes the fundamental attitude of the Stoic. And developing that attitude of gratitude toward all events is one of the primary goals of Stoic practice. But how can we learn to adopt a cosmic viewpoint? Where do we begin to develop this attitude of gratitude? We begin where we are, with the events that occur in our lives. When a dispreferred, indifferent event occurs, we must stop our typically instantaneous judgment of the impression that that event is something bad. Then, we can consider how we might be able to use this event to develop our moral character and thereby increase the virtue in the whole of the cosmos in a small way. This event is neither good nor bad. However, our response to the event could be either. Our response to the event is the only thing that is up to us. Since we choose our response to the event, we determine whether that event is either good or bad for us. Finally, since we are part of the whole, our choice has a small impact on the whole of humanity and the cosmos. History highlights the fact that some of those who had the most profound impact on humanity as a whole are those who chose to take a seemingly tragic event or circumstances and make the best of it. Heroic figures turn apparent tragedy into transformational opportunities for themselves and, in some cases, for a large segment of humanity as a whole. Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi provide us with two 20th century examples. That is cosmopolitanism in action, and it begins with each of us as individuals as we face the events and circumstances in our lives and choose to step into a relationship of trust with the order and universal reason of the cosmos. That step is taken the moment we begin to embrace events and love them as if they are the product of a benevolent, providential cosmos. Then we can ask ourselves how to make the most of each event, even if it appears tragic from our limited human perspective. We step squarely into the greater good when we adopt the cosmic perspective and assume that all events can be meaningful and helpful to the development of our moral character, our virtue. By doing so, we help transform those apparently tragic events into fuel for the good of the whole. At first, we may be successful applying this practice only with small annoyances, like a rude driver or a Facebook troll. However, with practice and development of our virtue, we can create transformational opportunities for ourselves, our family, local communities, nation, and the whole of humanity. Try out some of these attitude adjusters for common dispreferred indifference that we all might face in our daily life. Try saying, thank you, universe, for that annoying Facebook post. It was an opportunity for me to practice the dichotomy of control. Thank you, universe, for that aggressive driver the pushy person in the checkout line, the loud celebration in the park where I was attempting to meditate. They provided me with an opportunity for me to test my equanimity. Thank you, universe, for my inconsiderate loved one and ungrateful boss. They are teaching me how to accept all humans as my kin because we all share a fragment of the same divine mind and must learn to live together as we live in agreement with nature. Thank you, universe, for that pain in my body. It reminds me that my existence is brief. It inspires me to live fully in each moment with focused attention on my thoughts and actions. You can use those few examples to create your own attitude adjusters for the circumstances that you face in your life. Additionally, as you go about your day and face the many dispreferred indifference that will inevitably challenge your virtue and equanimity, keep Seneca's words close at hand. Quote, To fashion a Stoic, who can genuinely be called a Stoic, a stronger fate is needed. For him, the way will not be flat. He must go up and down. He must be tossed by waves and must guide his vessel on a stormy sea. He must hold his course against fortune. Many things will happen that are hard and rough, but things he can soften and smooth out himself. Fire proves gold. Misery, brave men and women on providence 5.9 this psychological resilience does not come quickly or easily nothing of value does the stoic path teaches us to abandon our judgments of events that are derived from our limited human perspective only then can we develop an attitude of gratitude toward all the events that occur in our life the choice is ours we can allow life's challenges to make us bitter or we can use them to make us better. As you go about your day today, keep Epictetus' famous lesson in mind. Whatever may come about, it is within your power to derive benefit from it. Enchiridion 18 Thank you for listening to the Stoicism on Fire podcast. If you are interested in this ancient practice of Stoicism, you will find plenty of resources at www.traditionalstoicism.com. If you're interested in a social media environment where this form of Stoicism is discussed, please join us on Facebook in the Traditional Stoicism group. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a positive review on the platform where you listen to this podcast. That tells others this podcast is worth listening to and thereby introduces more people to the ancient spiritual practices of the Stoics. If you have feedback or a great podcast idea for me, send me an email at Chris, that's C-H-R-I-S at traditionalstoicism.com Until next time, I hope you will continue exploring traditional stoicism where the cosmos is alive with the meaning and purpose of the divine creative fire of the ancient stoics. I wish you well and encourage you to keep your practice of stoicism on fire.